Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. All right. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, and I'm excited to have you with me once again as I bring you another awesome guest who is going to share their stories and experiences with you the audience of the Fat Guy Forum. With me today, I have Levi Garrett. And the exciting thing for me, you know, obviously, besides his amazing story and everything he's been doing, is that he lives in Rhode Island, which is where I'm from originally. So it's nice to talk to someone who's back in the old homestead. So let's <laughs> get right to it. Levi, how are you doing today? I'm doing good today. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm glad we're talking. And let's not keep keep people from it anymore, man. Tell us what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum. Um, well, what qualifies me to be on the Fat Guy Forum is I was a lifetime I was a lifetime fatty. Uh, I was um, I was a big since I was a kid. Um, I remember um, the heaviest I've ever weighed was four hundred and five pounds. Um, that was when I was uh, thirty two years of age. Um, when I was also 32, I had a heart attack at the age of 32. Um, I've been heavy like my whole life. I always tell everybody I come from a line of swollen people. So my mother's heavy. My father was heavy. My sister's heavy. Grandmother, grandfather. Um, I also have had like my own uh, bouts with depression because I'm an emotional eater. Um, one interesting fact that when I was in college, uh, and my friend uh, Nigel, he, uh, we were in college together. We ran a, we had like a radio show, and one of the things that I did was I started a group called the Power of Plump, which was basically like a safe space for um, heavy people. So that way we we would feel comfortable um, to uh, be, you know, because like, you know, being a bigger person, I was really big into the fact of like size discrimination, you know, like how you look is a dictation of how you are as a person. So if you're fat, you're perceived to be lazy. And I hated that because even though I was heavy, I worked my ass off. So I started a, a, a group for uh, heavy people. And I was and I would always say we're not we're not we're not fat. We're pleasantly plump and we're fluffy. So, um, and then after graduating college, getting married, uh, uh, with my, uh, my now wife who we have, uh, I, she has three kids. I have three step kids and now we have two grandkids. Um, I now, I changed my, uh, Instagram handle to fluffy to fitness. So now, cause after losing, uh, 230 pounds, I'm probably in the best shape of my life and in the best health that I've ever had. Um, post heart attack, which there's a lot there for us to unpack, man. So let's not, I don't want to, you know, skip over any of it. Let, let, let's go back to what it was like for you growing up and you, you, you're a self-identified emotional eater. Do you, 
Where do you think yes. that, that came from for you? Um, when I was like, my mother was, my mother's an amazing woman and, uh, she would nurture us when we were picked on and bullied on like in school and whatever. But the biggest bully that we had and I had was my dad, mm. my dad, um, you know, my dad was on, uh, some, he was on some drugs. I mean, the, to be truthfully honest, the first memory I have of my father was him doing cocaine off the table. And he, he uh, would hide certain things from my mother. And because my mom went to church, she was a preacher's kid. So she was always in the church and she would always try to take us. Because when the days when she didn't take us, we would be with him. And that's when all hell would break loose. Um, I have no shame in admitting it. I was, by one of his friends, I was uh, physically abused at uh, a very young age. Uh, the earliest memory of me being abused, I was probably, I think, three years old. Um, and uh, it was one of his close friends um, that had came over to uh, do drugs with him when my mom was out. And I didn't, I didn't even tell my mom about any of this until I was around 22 years of age. So my emotions were always coming from the fact that I was abused, that I was molested as a child. And I would eat my feelings and I would just cry for no reason. And my mom, I couldn't, I didn't want to t tell her about it because I felt like if I were to do that, it would break up the family. So I just held it all inside and I would eat and eat and eat and eat. And there was a point in time where I would, like, it was nothing for me at 10 years old to eat two pounds of bacon a day. You know what I mean? And then, you know. And just, my mom would make me cake and pie, and then on top of that, eating all the other dinners. And she's like, oh, he's just a growing boy. I was like, I was growing out more than I was growing up, you know? And uh, it was, uh, I was just eating everything under the sun because I was depressed. I was depressed. I was emotional. I had so much anxiety and so much hate in my heart that I didn't know what to do and where to go. And my easiest thing to where to go was food. You know, and I've always been that person. When it gets stressful, I eat. So I would, I, in high school, the heaviest I remember was I was freshman year of high school, I was 330 pounds. And then when I was uh, 15, I got into football and I lost weight because it was the first time me being active. But I also, towards like the end of the year, I hurt my knee. And then when I came back for football the next season, I was 340 pounds, you know, and it was just like I was yo-yo dieting back and forth because my coach would get me in shape for the season, but I could never stay in shape for the whole year. So um, I really just was such an emotional and depressed kid and angry. I just ate everything. I didn't care what it was I ate. And I would eat at all hours, at all points in time. Like, I would wait for my for people in my house to go to sleep, sneak downstairs, eat, and then go back upstairs. You know? And that carried over into my adulthood. And um, when stress came from work or, or, or home life or, you know, if me and my wife, we would have an argument or something like that, it was nothing for me to eat. And my wife's full-blooded Portuguese. She would just feed me. She would pump me full of food, 
you know, and that's that because that's how she shows love, you know, and um, but it was also like it's it's like a drug addict, right? When you have somebody that their drug of choice is like if you have somebody that's addicted to cocaine and you give them like the biggest rock in the world, you know, it's like it's a nice gift, but this eventually might kill me, <laughs> you know. So whenever like we would go out as a family and be like, oh, we're going to the buffet. I was like, I'm going to kill this buffet. You know, <laughs> this buffet don't stand a chance. I'm going to take the whole platter and bring it to the table and watch me work. You know, so I, I, I was a very much so real depressed, emotional eater and uh, struggled with that for most of my life. And had you, as you were getting older and entering adulthood, had you had you made connections, you know, because I'm so sorry for what you went through, man. And coming through that, clearly, you know, this this, this impact was, you know, I'm trying to think of the, the right word, but massive on your mm -hmm. life. Yeah. Do you, do you think was there a point where before was was there a point before you had made changes to your relationship with food and your weight that you kind of became aware of that impact and had to kind of just even deal with that situation, like? How did that all come together for you? Well, when I was working where I was working at, um, I don't know if I can say the place, but I was working at Walmart and um, I was around 370 pounds at Walmart. And I had got really sick with uh, like my kidneys and stuff like that. And I had to get rushed to the hospital and they said, okay, you have like a really bad kidney infection and you have kidney stones. Um, so we got to get some, you got to do some dietary changes. So I did some dietary changes and I had got down to a low weight at that point in time. And it was very quickly. I had got down to a low weight of 220 pounds, but I didn't have proper eating practices. I still wasn't dealing with any emotions and stuff like that. I was just like, okay, I look good. I'm healthy. I got, I, since I, since the weight's gone, I gotta be healthy. Right. And I wasn't mentally, I wasn't mentally ready to, be at that weight and i remember when my sister she was in there shopping and she she looked at me and she's like you don't look right and i was like what are you talking about she's like you you're, you don't look healthy and i was like i'm fine you know i just dismissed it off like i'm fine I don't, you don't know what the hell you're talking about i'm good and um but she looked in my eyes and she said that she she wanted to text me after and says like it wasn't the physical part i was talking about like you mentally just look like you're here but you're not here like you're doing things, but you're not invested in anything. And she was right because I wound up, I got promoted. I wound up switching stores. And within one year of, from being 230 pounds, uh, from 370, 375 pounds, I went all the way back up to 390 pounds. So just in one year, in one year, I gained it all back plus another 10 pounds because I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to live the lifestyle that I live now. And um, I wound up leaving Walmart, going to the company that I'm at now. And um, I was always recognized as a hard worker. Uh, but, you know, when you're 390 pounds walking around, like I'm sweating Crisco, bro. Like it's like I'm going through, I'm working hard and like I'm dripping. And like I'm sweating through any, everything. And I got the under, I got the under boob sweat, the back sweat. But I'm working because in my mind, it's like I have to prove that I'm not the lazy fat guy that most people think of when you see fat people. 
So I was so hell bent on proving and going against that whole description of what people think of people when they're heavy. And I was like, I got to prove this wrong. I got to do this. I got to do that. So at when I was working at that, uh, with a company that I still work for now, I was switching stores because I was doing a really good job. So there was like, if it was something that was jacked up, it was like, okay, go send Levi. Levi, go fix it. And I would go anywhere. So I knew I was getting recognition, which was good, but I wanted more and I wanted to be a store leader. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to get promoted and to, um, to really like bring myself to another level because I got a family to take care of, you know? So at that rate, I'm still 390 pounds. So I'm working my I'm working my ass off, and I'm like I said, I'm sweating Crisco, but like I ain't losing no weight. So I'm like, cause my breakfast was all right. I'm gonna go to Dunkin' Donuts, get some bacon, egg, and cheese, and then I'm gonna get uh, on a on a bagel with some cream cheese on the side. Then let me get two coffees and some hash browns. Hold up, wait, we gonna do lunch. What's for lunch? I'm gonna have two whoppers, two fries, two diet cokes, cause I thought the diet coke was gonna save my life. And then after and then after that, okay, what we gonna do for dinner? My wife's full-blooded Portuguese, so there's a full meal every day. There's pork chops, there's cube steak, and it's, it's dripping with the butter, and it's so tasty, but I already know, like, this is going into veins, and, but, like, it, it, it was something where I just couldn't stop it because it tastes so good. It was good food, and I'm like, I'm working hard. Why not enjoy the spoils of a man that works hard? You know what I mean? So, in the and with all of this stuff going down, like, my stepdaughter... Um, she comes home at the age of 16 and she says she's pregnant. So there's that stress. And, you know, 16 years old, I already know, like, the, like I grew up in Southside Providence, man. Like I, I graduated with a girl. She, she barely graduated, but man, she had four kids when she graduated and all of them screaming, mommy did it. And I'm like, God damn. You know what I mean? That, I, I, don't, I don't want that to be my baby. You know what I'm saying? So, like, but at 16 years old, she came home and said, I'm pregnant. And then I look at my wife. My wife looks at me, and I'm like, if we want her to graduate high school, you got to stay home. And so we made the decision together, me and her as husband and wife, that she's going to stay home and take care of the kids so that way my stepdaughter can go to school and get her, get her education. So now it goes from where we're a two-income family to a one-income family. So then that's that's all on me. And at the end of the day, and I knew I knew what I signed up for when I said that. That's all on me. You know what I mean? So I took that pressure. I'm also trying to get promoted. So there's more pressure. Me and my wife, we're not we're married now, but we weren't married then. So we're planning a wedding. So there's that pressure. So I got I got all that stuff going on. So in between. Uh, I would say, like, I had my heart attack the day after my birthday on June 3rd. So my, I, I'm born June 2nd. I had my, my heart attack on June 3rd. Within a three-month span, my grandson was born on March 29th. Then I got married on April 21st. Then I switched stores on, in May, on May 15th, the day after my stepdaughter's birthday. Then I had my birthday, and then I had my heart attack. And I was quite know. a year. It was quite a couple months. It was oh like yeah, already yeah. I was if it was a if it was on a grading curve, like I far exceeded the expectations. So I was on I was on a different level with my stress, and I it took me after I had the heart attack, 
I, it took me a while to really deal with the fact that, holy shit, I almost died. I really could have died. And like the mental anguish and stuff like that. So the day after, well, I'll get to the, the point where I had the heart attack. So I, I'm at work and I pass out in the bathroom. And I thought it was like having an anxiety attack because with the depression and all the stuff that I mentioned from before, I suffer from anxiety. I suffer from depression. So I never really dealt with those issues. I've been in counseling all my life and I can tell anybody what to do and how to do it and how to get their stuff done. But if you ask me to do it for myself, I couldn't tell you shit. I would just tell you what I think I know and what could possibly happen. I'm one of those people. I have so much advice, but I take at that point, I had so much advice, but I was taking none of it for myself. So I was I passed out in the bathroom and my uh, store manager that was there, I, he was like, where were you? I was like, I passed out in the bathroom. He's like, really? I was like, yeah. I woke up. I was like, I feel great. It was like the best nap I ever had because I don't, I have terrible sleeping habits. So I was like, I was like, that was like the best nap I ever had. I feel great. I'm ready to go. He was like, you need to go to the hospital and get your shit checked because right now I don't feel comfortable with you working. So the next day on June 4th, I go to the hospital and the scale goes up to like 385 and I go, I step on the scale and it says, uh-uh, it don't, it don't, re it, it don't register you, bro. So I was like, okay, where am I going to go? He's like, you got to go downstairs with the pallet scale where we weigh the trash at. And I was like, damn. So then I sat there and I got weighed and that's when I found out I weighed 405 pounds. And this is uh 20, this is June 4th, 2018. So... It took me up until I didn't deal with it at all. I just, I just deflected everything. And it was when we were having, um, I was still struggling with weight. And I, and after that, I still was like, you know what? Like I looked at myself and I said, you know what? Like I got a life insurance plan. Let's say if I die, at least my kids will be taken care of. Like, you know, I got money and stuff like that. I was content on dying. Like, I was like, legit, this is all, I, I kept telling myself, it's all good. Like, I won't feel any pain. I won't have any problems. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my, my kids will be taken care of. I have a life insurance policy, so they'll be fine. All, all everything will be taken, like, they'll be fine. My wife will be fine. You know, I, I was like saying to myself, like, if I take these next six months and prepare them for, like, what's going to happen, they'll be okay when it happens. You know, I was content with that. And it was to the point where I convinced myself so much of that. I told my mom that she actually took me out. She actually took me, um, cause my mom is, she, she's been preparing for her death since I was like 12. So she actually, she actually took me out and I was like, she was like, Oh, well, cause she's a prepper. So she's like, Oh, well, I just want to get prepared. So like we had the family plot to stand the third and she was like, Oh, okay. You know, like, we'll go look for a casket or whatever. Cause at that point my mom was pretty sick. So she was like getting herself ready too. And I, at least that's what I thought. And she was like, okay, like there's a casket. And she was like, okay. I was like, that's the one you want. She's like, yeah, it looks nice. She's like, how does it feel? I was like, why would you care? Like you're going to be dead. Like what's the point? She was like, get in it. And I got in it. I did not know she was looking for me. So she was looking for me for a casket. And I was like, okay. She was like, oh, it's nice and wide. And I was like, yeah. And I'm dumb as hell. I was like, yeah, this is a good casket, bro. <laughs> so, so um, it was like, so we that happened all that year, too. So then I was like, all right. And then it's my grandson's first Christmas. I still have the pictures of it in my phone. And I just, I came home, because my family does Christmas on Christmas Eve. 
So then I came home and I saw the joy on and on his face, the joy on my stepkid's face. Um, and I was like, I looked and I had to, I sat on the, I, I, I always sit in the back. I never sit in the front. I always sit in the back. That way I can just see everything because I'm, I'm one of those people where I have to see everything. And my wife is passing out gifts and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm sitting in the back and I'm looking and I'm, and I'm talking to myself and I was like, you're really just going to give up? You're really just gonna. You're really just gonna quit. You're not going to um, really give a shit and seeing this this boy grow up where he's going to need you. Like more than anything, he's going to need you. He's going to need you to show him how to be a man. And you just you're just gonna give up. You're just gonna quit. And at that point in time, I had to make a decision on what I wanted to do. And I had, like I said, my mom. She grew up in a church, so we grew up with a very religious background. So I sat on Christmas Day, and I had my grandmother's picture. And my grandmother is like, she's my angel. So I had her picture in my hand, and I said, I said, Nana, what do I do? And I went to sleep. I woke up, and it was like a couple of days after I had a dream of her. And I, I had a dream, because she would always tell me the truth, whether I wanted to hear it or not. She say, if you don't want my opinion, boy, you better not ask. So I, I had a dream of her, and she told me, get your ass up and go to work. And January 1st came, January 1st, 2019. I started my journey to lose weight. And within 11 months, I dropped. I went from, well, I, I know I was well over 405 pounds. But my documented weight was 405 pounds. I did a bodybuilding competition just because I love bodybuilding. I love wrestling. So I was like, oh, shit, yeah. Because I was always like into the, like, the physiques of the wrestlers. Like My favorite wrestler was Triple H. So I was like, all right, I'll do a bodybuilding show. Because I, I watched when H would do the stuff with the Olympia. And I was like, okay, I'll do a bodybuilding show. So I went from 405 pounds to a, a low weight of 175 pounds. So I lost 230 pounds from 405 to 175. Was that, it was that in the 11 months? Mm-hmm. So let's, yep. I want to talk. I want to talk about that. I want to. I want to stop you because I want to. I don't want to move past some of the things you were talking about before you made that decision. You know the place yep. that place you were in. Because what I'm really curious about is what it's like to tell that story now and hear yourself talking about how you felt then. Like what is what are your thoughts now when you look at where your head was at during that time? Be truthfully honest, I felt that was a bitch. Like I, 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 I just felt that it was easier to quit than to put in work. And so many people do that. And I knew that within myself that I was just quitting. I was quitting on myself. I was quitting on my family. And I know so many people struggle with that. So many people struggle with, you know, the idea of weight loss because it's hard. Key is the, the actual weight loss itself. Like you go into a calorie deficit, your weight's going to come off. But then the process of after weight loss of keeping it off, and then the mental struggles after weight loss of having loose skin. Some people can't deal with that. 
The number one question I get asked about weight loss is how, how much loose skin do you have? It's not, it's not how you did it, but how much loose skin do you have? And I'm blessed with the fact that I don't have a lot. You know, and I have a little around my stomach, a little around my ass, and a little on my chest. My legs are a little bit, my legs are a little bit like cottage cheese, but I'm working on that. But at the end of the day, like, I, the mindset is a big thing. Your mind and heart and spirit have to be totally into this. Because if one of those three is out, then you may lose the weight, but it might come back. You know, you have to be a full-on committed to yourself. And it was selfish of me not to take care of myself because I was content with leaving and walking away, not dealing with the aftermath of my mother bearing a son, my wife bearing a husband, and my stepkids bearing their stepfather. I was cool with I was cool with every I was cool with dying, but I wasn't cool. But then the aftermath, I didn't give a shit about, and that was very selfish because if I cared about them as much as I say I do. I would do everything in my power to stick around. So I look at that person that I was before and I was a weak person that had to find strength. And I had, and I found, I was so lucky that I found that within myself when I found my, when I, when I, 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 when I had the chance to. And what was, so now 11 months losing the weight, like, you talked about because I, I relate to that experience of, of losing weight, realizing that you had done nothing really to prepare yourself for the life after losing the weight and gaining it all back. You know, I went through that myself yep. several times, but, yep. you know, massively at least once. And what did you do differently during that 11 months to try to get yourself ready for that? Like what lessons had you learned? Like what what was that like for you knowing that you had done it before? and had gone back. So you were, you were obviously conscious of, of not wanting that to happen again. So what, what, what was that like for you? Um, well, for me, it was like, I didn't have the knowledge of myself at that time. Like I was just doing it to do it. So I knew that I could physically do it. I knew I could physically do the weight loss. I had to get my mind and my spirit on that same page of like, Hey, it's okay. You can do this. And you have to just keep working, you know, like you have to keep working. Like you can't give up on yourself. Not this time, not again, because you might not have another chance. So I knew then I was like, I got to, I got to put in the work. And so one of the things I would tell myself when I was, and I was so scared because I said I played football when I was in, um, when I was in high school, when I was in high school, you put it on. Yeah, so I, I was I was so scared when I was in high school of, like, I lifted weights, and I was very strong. I was very scared to go on the weight floor. So, like, one of the things that um, I did was I just did cardio. I did the treadmill. And one of the things I would ten, tell myself, I was like, you got to do 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes to save your life. And I would say that to myself, and then I would do another 10 minutes. And then it would be like, oh, I'm only going to do a half hour. Half hour turns into an hour. I did another 10 minutes and another 10 minutes and another 10 minutes. I would go until I couldn't, until, you know, at Planet Fitness, the, 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 you can only do an hour at a time and I'll make sure I do an hour. So I would, I would never shortchange myself. And it didn't matter, rain, sleet, snow, shine. I got my ass up and went to work. I went to work for my actual job and then I went to work for myself. Because the real, and then I knew once I got the weight off of me, 
now the real work starts. Because now the weight's off. Now what are you going to do to keep it off? Now what are you going to do to stay healthy? And um, I came across some YouTubers that helped me out a lot with um, certain dietary um, things. Um, Obese to Beast, I followed for my whole journey um, of weight loss. And like, that's kind of what even sealed the deal. Like, even though he talks like hella shit about it now, that obese to physique thing really helped me like find some confidence within myself to do that physique competition. Cause I was scared. I never took my shirt off ever, like ever, like never, like there was no if, ands, or buts. The shirt stayed on. So I had to find, I got some confidence with that and it definitely helped me through the process and journey of loving myself and loving myself in my loose skin. And then, um, you know, then finding like certain dietary things, okay, having a well-balanced diet, eating enough protein, getting like enough essential fats and like, you know, carbs are just for your energy, carbs are for your energy. They're not, ne they're not necessary, but they're not, not necessary. Like you can have certain things, vegetables, you know, like, and then realizing like, you know, I, I, it doesn't matter what diet you do. You do what works for you. You have to walk your own path. No one else can walk it for you. And I, I had to learn that through that whole process as well. And like, thank God I did because there was a point in time where I didn't think I would learn it. But I was, I was very happy with the process of finding myself. And even now over the past year, I've really gotten a lot more confident as I like see myself growing and being i'm going to be 37 this year so my confidence right now is at an all-time high i tell everybody i don't care if you like me i like me and that's good enough oh for sure man and what because there's like you said there's losing the weight you know it's a there's a mechanism to that you know like the formula you know and whatever formula works for a person is going to work you know to physically lose the weight when there's an emotional relationship with food involved, you know, there, that's the added wrinkles for people, like what that looks like for them. How did you work on what food used to mean to you to what food needed to become? I knew food as this makes me feel good. This makes me feel like, oh, wow, this is so good. I must have had a good day because look how good I'm eating versus now I look at food as like, hey, did you did you eat enough protein today? Did you eat enough carbs? Did you eat enough fats? You know, did you have a well balanced diet? Like, and then finding a different mindset towards it. Like, of course, like I have the occasional one off meal. You know, like, hey, I want to have this that, and the third. If I want cake, I'll eat it. But I don't do it every day. It's about moderation. You know, like you can have you can have certain things and not deprive yourself. Um, however. If you eat enough cake, don't be mad at the person in the mirror when you look like the cake you ate. You know, like those are those things that being mindful of that. So learning moderation. Um, I'm, I'm a big advocate towards mental health, right? So everything and every part of your day means something. You know, you can, you can have a bad moment. But if you let the bad moment compile and compound and it's just another one and then another one and another one and another one and another one. Now you're making a bad moment, a bad day. And I look at the same thing with weight loss. I could have, oh man, like, oh, why did I eat this cake? I really didn't need it. 
but it's over the course of a week. The average weight loss for a week that's on average is a pound a week. If I stay within a caloric deficit, I will still reach my pound a week. It might take me a little longer where if I say, oh, wow, I lost, I, I only lost like a half a pound this week, I might lose a pound and a half next week. You never know. So not putting so much pressure on the situation and just letting go and realizing that food is fuel. Of course, you want things that are going to taste good. That's natural. But you also want things that are going to make you feel good. And I'm all about feeling so much. I'm all about feeling good and feeling better. And I know what foods make me feel good physically and mentally. And there are certain foods that as someone who's dealt with obesity that just I if I eat them, like if I eat like um, anything that has to do like if I eat ice cream, right? I rarely eat ice cream. But if I eat ice cream, I automatically know I will feel like crap the next day because my body's not used to eating it. And it might taste good going down, but it's not going to be a good day for me after I eat the ice cream. Because I will be, I will feel so much digestive distress and problems and just feel sick the whole rest of the day. So I'm very mindful of who I am and what situations I put myself in. Um, I recognize that the food is fuel, but it's also something that I can do certain things with low calorie things to make it taste good too. No, I think that's I think that's an awesome point because I, I think people tend to have this feeling that food is either the the main source of entertainment and fun in their lives or it's gotta be punishment. You know, it's gotta be something that there's there's no way to even feel good about what you're eating if you're trying to lose weight. It's gotta it's gotta feel like you're in prison to do it. Like and when you come to that realization that being more mindful about how your body's actually reacting to the food that you're eating and finding ways to enjoy that food that makes you feel good is that synergy that's needed so that you're kind of hitting hitting all those buttons in ways that are driving your health forward. Yeah, exactly. I always say like your body is like a car, right? Why would you keep putting bad gas in your car? You know, put the stuff that makes you feel good. Make this put the stuff that makes you feel good about yourself. And 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 not for nothing like as people that are were heavy, it feels good to look and walk by a mirror and be like, oh, wow, I look good today. You know what I mean? Like, it's just just the simplest things, like something like that. It's like, oh, this shirt fits a little bit different. Oh, it feels a little bit better. Oh, it's a little bit looser. You know, like having those non-scale victories as much as you have no scale victories, you know? And a lot of that just comes by choices and decisions. Like, at the end of the day, we, no one can put us in a heaven or hell, right? We do what we do. We are all dictated by our choices and decisions and having that ownership of, you know, I did this. I put myself here. I'm going to get myself out. And through hard work, dedication, passion and commitment, you can do anything. And you certainly proved that not only that first year, but it's now been three years since you, you know, had that first that first leg of the journey, man. What's been going on since then? Like after that first 11 months, what's been going on now the past couple of years? Like what have you gotten into? Like what have the challenges been? You know, kind of take a, bring us up to speed on what happened after that. Well, after 2019, November 2019, uh, I did the competition. Um, I, co I took about a month, month and a half just to really like, because even though like 
you know, I'm natural. I'm not on any type of sauce whatsoever other than barbecue sauce. And uh, it's uh, it took me a while just to, for me to get my body right to the point where it's like, okay, I feel good with, um, you know, like reverse dieting, right? So, like, I got very lean. I got very light. And I'm 6'1". So, me being 175 pounds, it just doesn't look right. So, I decided, like, you know what? I want to put on as much muscle as I possibly can. I really want to drive home the fact that, hey, even though I got a late start in and I'm in my mid-30s, I could put just as much muscle on as these young bucks as possible and look just as good despite having a loose skin. So I, I said, like, 2020 is going to be my year. I'm going to gain as much muscle as possible. And COVID happened. So um, I knew as soon as that happened, I was like, oh, shit. I had, like, $400 in my account. <laughs> I bought a bench press and some dumbbells. And I was like, because I knew the gyms were going to shut down. And I knew I was like, I was like, okay, I can do my cardio outside. I work a very physical job. I know I'm going to burn calories regardless, but I gotta gain muscle. So, um, and I, put, I have like posts on my Instagram where I'm just training in my bedroom. I got my dumbbells and I'm just training in my bedroom. I'll come home from a day's work and my wife would see the stress on my face, and I would honestly just, she was like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "I'm going to the room," and I'll go train. And then after training, I could talk about what was the hell was wrong with me. So it was like, I, I, I learned then like the gym is like my release, you know, like some people can go out to a bar and have like a drink or two and talk about it. Some people can paint or write in their journal. Mine is slinging weight. So I learned then that, you know, I had, I developed a routine that it doesn't matter what's going on. I can at least control this. Like, I can't control what's going on with COVID. I can't control what's going on with, like, certain things with the kids, grandkids, uh, if, if there's issues at home. But I know I can control. I can go to this weight and pick it up, you know. So, and that's kind of what my mindset became during the whole process of COVID. And I wound up just dealing with that. And I wound up, for me, I put on, I competed at 175. I reverse dieted to... Um, around to a comfortable weight of 200, 200 pounds. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to eat in a surplus and try to gain some muscle. I got to a high weight of 235 pounds and I held it for a year. And then after that year, this year, I was like, okay, I'm going to start cutting because I want to see how much I wanted to see the fruits of my labor and how, how my body's looking. And then I see, like, I'm like, holy crap, I put on some muscle here, you know? I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I love myself. So, like, I see myself in the mirror, and I'll definitely, I'll flex a side tricep and whatever and be like, okay, looking good today. So it's going to be a good day. You know what I mean? I'm just that guy. So, and that's the whole process of me loving myself. Like, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I love me. So, and, but one thing I still was battling was my own body dysmorphia with my loose skin. And I had to make a choice and I had to do something that I had to really sit and think about it. And I was like, okay, I've done my weight loss and I'm really navigating through the post weight loss thing pretty well, in my opinion, with 
you know, I have my routine, I have my dietary habits, but I'm still insecure with my loose skin. So I knew I wanted to do another competition. I knew I wanted to compete and I luckily get to compete in about six, seven weeks at the fitness Atlantic, um, in Connecticut. And, um, I, I had switched gyms because I wanted to go to a gym where they had like a place where I could grow and practice my posing, you know? And I would pose with my shirt on, I would pose with my shorts or my sweatpants on and stuff like that. And everyone would still ask me, how much loose skin do you have? How weighs your loose skin? I don't see any loose skin. You don't have any loose skin. There's no way you lost 230 pounds. You have big arms. You must be on steroids or something. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta peel back the layers, right? So then it turned into, okay, I took my, uh, I would take off my hoodie. And then I would take off, uh, you know, like a long sleeve shirt and I would have like a cutoff shirt. Like to this day, I have no shirts with sleeves on them. <laughs> so, because uh, like my arms are like my best quality. And I was like, okay, I'll show those off. That's easy. But then I would still not show the saggy chest, the loose skin around the stomach, the stress marks. And I was like, what's stopping me from doing this? And I had to take a step back and realize that it still stems from when I was a kid. I was still in that mindset of I'm that abused boy that was physically assaulted and, and I'm scared to pull back a layer because it makes me feel protected. The same way that eating all that crappy ass food made me feel good. So then I had to look in, in the mirror and my, 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 my sister and my mother know this with me. I'll say this and it's a quote that I say all the, all the time. Two tears in the bucket, fuck it. You gonna cry about it, it don't matter. You still got work to do. And if you don't feel comfortable with yourself, ain't nobody else going to. So I said, screw it. I took my shirt off, took my pants off, posed in my underwear, posted it on Instagram. And I said, this is me. This is who I am. I'm not ashamed of it. This is a, this is a war wound. I'm an obesity survivor. So I didn't, and I, and I didn't get the start that I wanted in life, but I'm damn going, going, I'm going to finish it on my terms. And I know for a fact that with, with my weight loss and my story and the fact that I'm finding so much self-love for myself, doesn't matter what I, what the results say on the stage or what somebody else can post in a comment saying I'm on steroids, saying, uh, um, you're, you're, this is this can't be you or like you you ever get that like when you post a picture of your before and after it's like there's no way that's you it's like yeah it is buddy that's me 100 percent 100 grand that is me it doesn't matter what they say what matters is how i feel within this journey and that's what a lot of people struggle with and that's what my goal for 2022 is now is i want to help as many people yeah, I always tell people just DM me. I, I just, I, you know, I'll talk you through anything. Like my line's always open. You know, I was, um, I was in the uh, group last night with um, John Jobs Journey, and we were just talking, just, help, just helping people out. Like trying, I, I shared my story in there in that group, 
and just said, like, you know what? It doesn't matter what people think, what people say. They're going to throw dirt on you when you live. They're going to throw dirt on you when you're dead. So at the end of the day, when they put you in the ground, it's just you. So when you want to live this life for you, when you want to do what's best for you, because you can't take care of nobody else unless you take care of yourself. So why worry what somebody else is going to say or what somebody else is going to think? And that's what I, was, I took that philosophy and it was the last piece for me with my loose skin is that, I, yes, I have, I, have a, I have a ton of muscle, but I also have loose skin. And it, it doesn't, neither one defines me as a man, but both of them tell a story. The muscle shows the hard work that I put in after losing weight. The loose skin tells a story of me losing weight and keeping it off. And both are extremely relevant and extremely necessary for people to understand that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to start at, um, at any point. It's never too late. Ever. 100% it's never too late. And I think your, your, your journey clearly shows that, you know, and I think the thing, your, your physical transformation is, is clearly impressive and people are going to see pictures on your Instagram and, you know, be blown away by that. But I think it's this mental transformation that you're talking about, you know, knowing that you went from that place of being ready to give up and, you know, throw the towel in and just let it be what it was, you know, not into putting the work in and seeing and not just putting the work in, because like I said, like we said, you said it and I've said it and I've said it a hundred times in this podcast, you know, we can all do the work to lose weight, but it's about building that life that you're looking for and living that life, like not just allowing yourself to remain detached from it, but actually being a part of it and thriving is, is really the key to keeping yourself going and to keeping, because having the motivation to get up every day and continue doing things, there has to be something that you're getting value out of. There has to be something that you're working towards. There has to be things that you're celebrating. There has to be things that you're finding joy in. And it's clear that you're finding those things. You know, you're finding that not just through, you know, your day-to-day experiences in your life, but also now by reaching out and helping people and being able to share that experience, I think is, is a powerful part of transformation because it speaks to that idea that not only does, is that transformation on the inside for ourselves and our physical bodies, but it's about how we interact with the world. Very true. And I think that's something that, um, one thing that should also, I, I believe this too, is that, you know, like-minded individual, individuals tend to click together. Um, and if you have somebody that's in your life that you feel is not on the same level mentally as you, um, like let's say you have goals, you have aspirations, and all they want to think about is, you know, they're, they're content on where they're at. And, you know, it's okay to say, hey, you, you know, thanks, but no thanks. I need to be with some people that's going to help me reach my goals and reach what I want to do, you know, because those are the people that when you have some tough times and stuff like that, you can talk to them and lean on them and say, Hey bro, we still got more work to do. Let's keep pushing versus somebody that says, Hey, we've done enough. You know, sometimes you haven't done enough. There are times when you have, but there are times when you have, haven't done enough. So let's, let's get together and let's move this forward together. You know, like you, 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 you said something that is so true to me is that, there's always work to be done. There's always work to be done. It doesn't matter, like, the mental, the physical journey 
has a certain time limit, but your mind is still going. There's always work to be done. There's always things we can work on to be better. You know, and if you have somebody in your life that's just miserable, sulky, and doesn't want to do anything, leave that person behind. Because at the end of the day, all they're going to do is drag you down. Positive things move forward. Negative things move back. And if you have someone that's negatively impacting your life and makes it seem like your goals aren't important or valid or, or makes you feel a certain type of way for having those goals, leave them. Leave them in the dust because you're not missing anything. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's hard. Like that's it is that's especially you know when we're we're taught you know is is you know especially I think a lot of times especially people that have struggled with weight issues and have been significantly overweight you know in a lot of ways we grow up is like people pleasers and worrying about other people and when yeah. you finally get to that place of like you you said it really well and I've said this to a lot of people I've been talking to this week even you know it's that idea that you need to take care of yourself before you can fully take care of anyone else and so if there's someone yeah, that's in, and if there's someone in your in your in your life in your path that instead of wanting to come along is trying to put up roadblocks or trying to talk you out of things or even just deal cuz they're dealing with their own issues they can't be a part of what you're doing it's okay to let that go and if they're meant to be in your life they'll come back into your life but it's it's okay to prioritize the things that you need to be doing to take care of yourself on every yep. level. I, I use I, I I'm I'm always full of quotes to the point where it pisses a lot of my friends off because I just quote and quote things all over the time. You're the main character in your story, so why wouldn't you care? Why wouldn't you care what the main character is doing? Everyone follows the main character in the story because the main character is the one that everybody's interested in. So if you're the main character in your story, shouldn't you be interested in you? Shouldn't you care about what you're doing and what you what you got going on in your life? To do anything other than that is not natural. And I think it's like you said. You talked about how in the past you you're always you know you talked about it in the context of being the person that sits in the back, so you can see what's going on. But sometimes it also means we realize there are points in our lives where we have to do more than sit in the back. You know, we're going to be we need to be up front, and it's not just because we're leading other people. But because being up front lets us really see where the path is taking us. Oh, yeah. 100% agree. 100% agree. Because a lot of the time, like, that's the whole mindset of being a follower versus a leader. A follower would be somebody like, okay, I'm just going to be part of the pack. Because like I said, I always sat in the back just so I could watch. Now, I'm always in the front because I got to make the path. And if people are going to walk with it, they're going to walk with it. If they don't, they don't. But I let people know this is the path that works for me. This is the path I'm walking. You can either step up. You can either step up, get up, and get the hell out the way. Because either way, I'm going forward. And it took me a long time to get to that point. And a lot of people sometimes don't get to that point or be as blunt about it as I am. But it's okay to find what works for you and to find your own path. You don't have to do what I did. But you can do something that works for you. And if you ever need, I always tell anybody, if you need advice, I can tell you what worked for me, but you got to figure out what's going to work for you. I can just give you some ideas that helped me and that really got me through some tough times and, you know, and, you know, share my journey a little bit. And if, even if you just need somebody to talk to, a lot of the time, like no one's really going to understand what we go through as weight loss survivors and obesity survivors than us, you know, so 
you know, it's always good to have that person where it's like, hey, can I bounce this idea off you? Because we all do that, you know, but it's one of those things where as you, you, you have to kill that victim mindset. Like, shit happens. It, but, and it happens to us. But that doesn't mean we have to keep letting it happen. Well, it's, our, it's, it's that idea that we can... And a lot of, there are a lot of things that happen in our lives that we can't control that they're happening. We can just yep. control how we react to them. Yep. 100% agree. 100% agree. So, Levi, what... Looking at the, you know, net, being up in front right now, what are the major challenges that you're facing today? Um, I mean, to be honest, like, I will always have thoughts with depression and anxiety, but just navigating through that. And I feel I'm doing that a lot better. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself because now, you know, you sometimes you get addicted to chasing goals and not realizing it's okay to take a break and enjoy the moment every once in a while. And I'm forcing myself to do that more and enjoy the moment. Um, and, you know, I, the journey is always ongoing. And to understand that, you know, good, good things happen, bad things happen, and different things happen, but guess what? They happen. You know, just keep moving forward. I, I always try to tell people, like, as human beings, like, especially, like, things that we've got going on in life right now, you know, simple things like, oh, man, I didn't get the promotion that I wanted, or, oh, I gained a pound, or, oh, man, like, you know, I, I really wish I would have made more money this week. Those aren't problems. What you see, like, going on with, like, Russia and Ukraine and people leaving they, they like dying and leaving their kids to basically die that those are problems what we have is just more work to do so at the end of the day recognize the fact that hey we have more work to do but that's not the only thing that matters sometimes just taking a step back and enjoying the moment and watching like my grandkids know they they was like levi where are you going i was like where am i going juju i'm going you going to the gym yup where else am I going? Work? Yup. You know, but then like taking the time just to sit with them and watch Thomas to train for 50,000 times and, you know, and enjoy those moments and appreciate those moments because it seems like yesterday, like he was born and he's going to be four at the end of this month and understand that this time on this earth is finite. Make the best of it. So I'm really focused on that for myself. For 2022 is to make the best of my time with my family with my friends and enjoy myself and to recognize that i am worthy of great things and that in due time great things will come i can't force them to happen and to be patient i am not a patient person so to be patient is a big thing for me so and i have that third eye lens where i recognize that within myself um and and that's just for me and then my goal for the rest of 2022 outside of myself is to help as many people as I possibly can. That's awesome, man. And if people listening are not only inspired by what you've been saying, but they want to follow along and, and see the work that you've still got to do, where do they find you, man? 
I'm mostly on Instagram at Fluffy2Fitness85 on Instagram. Um, and I, I follow me. I, I answer DMs constantly. Like, I'm always on my phone um, at the begrudgingly to my job and family and friends. I'm always on my phone. So, <laughs> so feel free to message me. Um, and I'll definitely try to give you any advice that I possibly can to help you through some difficult times, or even if it's just words of encouragement, just to get through that self-doubt. We all need that too. So definitely message me on Instagram, Fluffy2Fitness85 is the best way to find me. That's awesome, man. And Levi, I want to say a big thank you for you being willing to open up and share everything that you've been through and what you're doing now with my audience. I think it's going to help a lot of people to hear it. Definitely, man. I appreciate it. I just appreciate the opportunity. Um, there's not a lot of um, places that where we can talk freely and exper experience and, and say a lot of things that we've got going on. So I want to thank you for just having me on and like providing a platform for people like us to talk about our issues, talk about our successes and our opportunities. Um, it's definitely a welcome experience, and I greatly thanks. I'm very thankful for the opportunity. You know, like two Rhode Island boys making it, so that's something mm -hmm. good. There you go, man. There you go. And Levi, I end every episode with five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Most certainly am. What you got? Okay, so question number one, man. Living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? Sinbad. There we when go. Sinbad like was heavy. It. I love Sinbad. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's not an answer I get a lot, so I appreciate hearing some diversity in my answers. Like, I always get, like, Chris Farley seems to be the one that I get 99% of the time, so yeah. I like, there's there's other big guys out there that are doing the work, that have done the work and provided these things for us, so that's awesome. Yeah. Question number two, man. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to struggle but it's okay to put the work into. I love that, man. Question number three, Levi, what is, so this is, this is something that someone might DM you. So this is a good question. What is, if there's someone out there listening who wants to get their journey started today, what is one concrete thing they can do to get themselves started? Believe it's possible. Doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. Highs are going to happen. Lows are going to happen. Believe it's possible. There is enough evidence and there's enough scientific evidence and there's enough like actual real world evidence. Calories in, calories out. Get into a deficit, find the deficit and get to work. There's no substitute for hard work. There's none. And if you believe in yourself and believe it's possible and you can do anything in this world, there's a point in time where people put like this. No one ever thought Barack Obama would be president. No one ever thought that, you know, we would have the country that we live in now, it was just a dream. But through that dream and through hard work, it became one of, it became what it is today, you know, and through all the goods and bads, we are where we are and we, and you can do anything if you believe in yourself and you put the work in and don't quit. The only thing worse than failing is quitting. The only thing worse than failing is quitting. Cause if you fail, at least you tried. If you quit, that means you didn't give it. You you didn't try hard enough. That's great, man. That, that's a, that's a wonderful way to put it. I feel like this next question is one that's going to be hard for you to give one answer. 
but we'll, yeah. we'll see how you do. <laughs> question yeah, number four, I'm Levi. I'm box, so it's fine. No, it's okay. You'll, when you hear the question, you'll know why. Levi, tell yeah. me something about yourself that you love. <laughs> yeah, tell me something about myself that I love. Um, um, wow. I, I, I did not sound arrogant, but there is so much. Um, I would definitely have to say um, my honesty. I don't pull punches. I don't say, I don't believe in no BS. I say what I got to say. And um, I tell people the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. My mom used to say this all the time. If you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. I never learned that lesson. What I, what I tell people is this. If you truly love someone and you truly care about someone, you tell them the truth, whether it pisses them off or not. At the end of the day, you're the one that asked me. I didn't, I didn't put it like this. I tell this to everybody. I said this the other day. It's like, look, why would, if people ask me for my opinion, I'll give it. I don't offer anything up for free. If you ask me, I'll give it to you. And I'll give you 100% truth, whether you want to hear it or not. But at the end of the day, if I didn't care about you, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And watch you fall flat on your face. Or if I say, okay, well, you're going to do that. That might not work. As a matter of fact, I can promise you that won't work. Let's try this. You know, and people at my job look at me like, man, he might be an asshole. I'm like, no, I'm telling you the truth. And they're like, oh, yeah. It's okay to tell people the truth. In the world of sensitivity, people feel it's okay to just sugarcoat it. I don't believe that. Tell you the truth, I'm going to tell you what I got to say, how I got to say it. There you go. And question number five, Levi. 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 <laughs> last, I told you at some point I'd screw up names. Uh, question number five, last question of the day for you, man. Tell us, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Um, I really want to get more into being my own business. Um, uh, with not just physical um like training and personal training or being or helping people with macros and things like that, but just more so in the world of almost a not like not uh helping people gain more confidence in themselves. I feel like that's something that is lost. It's that Again, that's me going back to saying it's okay to not be okay. To to see that and it, it's, you know, help people, just to help people and to really grow. And I as much as I love working in retail and helping people that way, I really want to help people in other ways. So I really want to start and maybe develop a business where people can come to me and I can really be like... Um, someone where they can be like a point guy just to help help someone out and navigate the landmines that no one was around for me to navigate you know whether it be through um i mean weight loss and mental health obviously but like what we talked about with child abuse there's tons of people that were abused as kids that they don't feel they have someone to talk to so that's something that i really want to help and really 
maybe develop like uh, if I ever could like a nonprofit for kids like that would be awesome. That sounds awesome, man. I love that goal. And I've no doubts hearing the fire that you've just shared with us, you know, that you you've got that passion to do it. So that's awesome. Thank you. Well, Levi, that brings us to the end of our journey today, man. Just again, another big thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm so glad you had me, and I really appreciate everything that you're doing to help people in this community. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you, man. And everyone out there, like I, Levi shared his, his Instagram handle. I'm going to make sure there's a link in the show notes today so you can find him and keep up with what he's doing and reach out when you need him. And if you want to reach out to me, you know you can always find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And all that jazz, all that stuff will be in the show notes. My friends, thank you once again for journeying with us here on the Fat Guy Forum. Remember, go out there, do something today to amaze yourselves because you're the most amazing people that I know. And then come and catch us here on the next episode. Mm -hmm.